Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Today, Greg Patton will help us win by looking at what's important now. And Michael Smith will join James Collins in taking a closer look at Samson's riddle. Watchmen on the Wall is here to make sense of the nonsense and bring clarity to the world around us. One of the ways we do that is through our brand new podcast. You can now listen to insightful interviews, current events from a biblical perspective, and prophecy that helps you make sense of the world around you. Subscribe today to the Watchman on the Wall and in the Beacon's Light podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And whether on the radio, online, or on our podcast, thank you for connecting with us. We are so glad that you're here. If you're new to the broadcast, be sure to pick up the new listener pack. In the pack is a welcome letter with history about the ministry, the latest issue of the Prophetic Observer, and a free gift. Call 1-800-652-1144 and get your free new listener pack today. 1-800-652-1144 or online swrc.com. Greg Patton is a pastor, Bible teacher, and author. And we are so eager for Greg's new book, entitled Invisible War on the Saints. This powerful book will look at how, through Scripture, a person can have victory over the demonic forces that are all around us today. Make sure you stay tuned for your opportunity to get this book. Greg Patton is also a featured speaker at our upcoming online prophecy conference. Our fall prophecy conference in Columbus, Ohio has been canceled. It will now be an online conference. Still the same great speakers, just online. Greg Patton, Billy Crone, Bill Federer, Larry Stamm, James Collins, Larry Spargimino, and Dr. Kenneth Hill. You can watch all the sessions when you want, as often as you want, from the comfort of your home. Register today for our Fall Virtual Prophecy Conference, swrc.com, and click on Conferences, or you can register by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. We like winners. We all want to win. Greg Patton helps us do just that by exploring what's important now. I think WIN would be a good acronym here, W-I-N. What's important now? I mean, what's going on in your life? Do you realize everything could come to a screeching halt today? Your life daily as you know it, your routines would all end based upon some event, possibly a tragedy today. Everything focuses on what's important now. I'll say again, that demonic attack was something else. It really woke me up. I had preached against Satan, against his demons, but when it became a reality in our very home, I did not know which way to turn, who to get help from, or what to do. That was life-changing. In fact, I had something really exciting happen to me, and let me share that with you. I tried to get some help. I called several preacher friends of mine. Nobody could help. I called a charismatic pastor, very well-known in the Summit City. He couldn't help. It just seemed like no one had any answers. I thought, this is impossible. This is a very real war. 
I was talking to a brother here recently, said this could be one of the most important messages in the church today, the attack of the enemy, because it's going to get stronger. The more worldly we become, the more those demons pour in in every area of life. Here we are trying to get some help, and I cannot get that. And I called an evangelist, didn't know him, just recommended somebody down in Kentucky. Pretty big ministries, I understand it. And by chance, his team answered. They had a prayer line, all that. He was there, and they got him on the phone with me. I thought, oh, some relief. He's going to tell me what to do. And I told him my situation, how he'd come under attack, and I just didn't know the next step. And he said, I can't help you, Greg. I could not believe what I was hearing Is there not anyone out there that could help in a demonic invasion in your very own home? Let me give you an illustration. Maybe this will bode you well. It did to this very day. I share it all across America. And maybe there's some hope there for you. He said, let me tell you how this is going to work out. Just close your eyes. Picture this with me, Greg, if you can. You're stepping into a river, and it's right there at your ankles. You're going to walk across that river, Greg. Okay. And so you start walking and the water comes up to your knees and keep on walking. It's up to your waist, comes up to your chest. You're getting out to the middle and all of a sudden it's at your shoulders and creeping up and you're almost on your tippy toes in that river. And it's about to overtake you right there at the chin. Don't slow down. Don't look back. Keep on walking. Going to be okay. And before you know it, Greg, all of a sudden the water is going to be at your chest and at your waist and all the way down to your ankles, and you're going to find yourself on the other side. And then he said something just ironic to me. He said, you're going to get out of that water, Greg, and you're going to stand on the bank and look back at that river, and you're going to thank Almighty God that he had you cross it. I can tell you emphatically, my Christian friend today, one of the greatest events that ever happened in my life was that attack. It has helped me help thousands of others in the Christian walk today. Didn't want to go through it. Wouldn't want to go through it. But God permitted us to go through it, for a better way to say it. And as a result of that, it has been an incredible ministry for us in helping others, something I knew nothing about. That's kind of the way God works. Have you had one of those transformational things happen in your life? I shared with you yesterday asking questions about, am I consciously or unconsciously creating the impression that I'm really better than I am? Good question. In other words, are you a hypocrite, sir, ma'am? Am I honest in all my acts and words and deeds, or do I have a tendency to exaggerate? Do I confidently pass on to others what's been told to me in confidence? Could you be trusted? Could I tell you my greatest secret and you would keep that thing? Am I a slave to my dress? You really want to look good? Nothing wrong with that. Am I a slave to my friends? Let me tell you who I know. He's a friend of mine. How about your work or those habits? Is that habit keeping you under control? Am I self-conscious, self-pitting, self-justifying? The thoughts of the John Wesley Holy Club, basically, is what we're talking about here today. Asking those questions every day, and we can get you a copy of this, by the way, every day. Am I enjoying prayer? Now, that is a new one. Are you enjoying prayer? Some people really struggle to just do a couple of minutes of prayer I can, and no credit to me, it's just something I want to do, can spend an hour easily. I go through my whole family. I pray about all the situations in life with that family and this family in my church. 
So I've got an extensive list, obviously. We're on Facebook. We have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people there, and we've got them written down by name. And I pray for them, and sometimes they contact us and put in their special prayers. Imagine with that many people, every day there's a special prayer. So do you enjoy prayer? I do. I know that I'm talking to a prayer hearing and a prayer answering God. It doesn't get any better than that. When did I last speak to someone about my faith? I was shocked recently. I speak in churches all over the country and in Christian schools. When we first began our ministry, having been involved in rock music my entire life and being a television news anchor man, people would want us to come to their church, pastors, to preach on the media, something that we're going to do very strongly in the days ahead and even write a book on our experiences and teaching about the media today. It is diabolical. I mean, it's a no-win situation for the most part. And so I'm in this Christian school that's considered one of the most fundamental in this part of the country where we were preaching. All the way through, it just seemed like, hello, I felt like I was speaking to some cardboard cutouts sitting in those chairs in this high school Christian chapel session. And finally, it just really frustrated me. I stopped in the middle. I'm usually not this way, but I thought, am I going anywhere? Am I just speaking to myself today? I said, let me ask you something. How many of you here today have talked to anyone about Jesus Christ in the last 30 days? Do you know how many hands went up? Not a one. Heads were bowed, looking off to the side. I said, I think I see why I feel like I'm pulling teeth here today. Where are you people coming from? Somebody is paying a ton of money, a mom, a dad, a grandma, a grandpa. Somebody's paying big money to get you here in this Christian umbrella to teach you. And what are you doing with it? Oh, that just really upset me. It still has me upset, believe it or not. It should not be that way. Do you speak to anyone about your faith? Tell them about your conversion. You don't have to make anything up. You don't have to be a Bible expert. You just tell people what God did in your life. How would you get saved? Do you pray about the money you spend? You're not foolish, are you? Do you get to bed on time? Do you get up on time? With our radio program going every day, Monday through Friday, it takes four hours to put together a Christian news information and comment program running a half hour a day. So I'm up at the crack of dawn, if not before, getting ready to do that noon broadcast every day. You need to, again, think about how you spend your life. What are you doing in life. Ask yourself that. And how is it glorifying God? Is there anything that you disobey God in? And I think you probably can answer that almost immediately, but just pray about it and ask him to search your heart and tell you, are you disobeying God? Does he want you to teach that class? Does he want you to drive that bus or go to that nursing home or sing that song? Are you doing that? Do I do things my conscience is uneasy about? Paul talks about your conscience. You're not to violate that, but we can do that, my friend, and you need to be very, very careful there. Again, you pray about it. I mean, this is not doctrinal stuff here. This is being a buck private in the Lord's army, if you will. This is just starting out. It really is. You need to do these things. Where are you defeated in your life, in your Christian walk? Are you defeated in any part of it? Have you put it before the Lord? And are you working on any of those defeats? Are you the good husband or wife you want to be? Are you that man that your children believe that you are? I mean, you can go down through the whole list. People think very highly of you in church. Is it real? 
and what area have you fallen in? And by the way, I've known many a great man, and you do too, and some great men recently falling, that they have been in sin the majority of their adult life, and yet sound in the pulpit or on the radio or television like God's gift this century to mankind. What is that all about? So are you jealous? Are you impure? Are you critical? Are you an irritable human being? Are you touchy? You wear it on your sleeves. Are you distrustful? Those are good questions to ask, are they not? How do I spend my spare time? I had it planned that this year was going to be the fishing year. I love to fish. I'm a fly fisherman. Bought the boat and the whole nine yards. I'm ready. I told the church with three other pastors under me, we got plenty of men that can preach this thing and carry the ball. And all of a sudden, God said, hey, got some new things for you to do. Oh, really? Does that mean, oh, don't tell me, there'll be no fishing this year? Ah, just put it on the list year after year. Somehow I get busier, and the busier I go, the behinder I get. You're familiar with that, aren't you? Ask yourself, how do you spend your spare time? Because it's all going to come to an end one of these days. Can you say, I'm serving Jesus the very best I can, Greg? Am I a proud individual, and what are you proud of? Everything you have is a gift of God. I used to warn my kids, I've got six good-looking boys and girls. You can ask anyone. They look just like their dad. (laughs) I'm teasing, but I've warned them. There's always somebody better looking. There's always somebody stronger. There's always somebody smarter. So be realistic in your life, kids, and recognize that. You'll be a lot happier in the days ahead if you do. How about this one? Do I thank God that I'm not like other people? I'm certainly glad that I'm not like him or her or whatever the case might be. In other words, you're pharisaical. You would have been a good Pharisee in the day. He despised the publican. Yeah, very dangerous. Whatever you have today, whatever gifts you have are from Almighty God. Some of you are so good. You're people, people. I love that. You can make a friend anywhere, anytime, any place. I love those kind of people. You're one of those positive people, and we need more of them. It's easy to be negative. Stop the pity party. Stop the whining. Everybody's got trouble, including you. Just get on with life. Just get on there sharing Jesus and help that man who has a bigger problem than you do. Hey, is there anyone whom I fear? Who do you fear? God says he's not giving you a spirit of fear, so what are you fearing? Who is it that you don't like? Why do you dislike that guy or gal? How about disowning? Anyone you'd like to disown? Anyone that you criticize? Why are you holding resentment against that guy? Why do you have such disregard for her? If so, and you have this problem with that person, let me ask you this. What in the world are you doing about it? I pray that you're changing something there. And then there's back to that grumbling and that complaining. Everybody can do it. And I'm telling you, it drives me crazy. Why are you complaining so? God's trying to show you something. So again, just keep that thing. And I'm not saying there are not things you shouldn't share. Of course there are. But we find things that should be between you and God and we complain about. A lot of times it's high-level begging. 
you know, gee whiz, I wish I had the money to pay the electric bill. I just blew the tire in my car there, and I don't have a dime, and I wish God would take care of that. Maybe somebody will. You're just really hinting, aren't you? Stop grumbling. Stop complaining. God will take care of you. And perhaps the most important question you might ever ask yourself, is Christ real to me today? It's easy to make a profession of faith. I recently preached a message that really brought people to attention. You know, I could have a dozen guests come to my church this Sunday, and they hear the message, and they think it's a good one, and they decide they're going to follow that instruction. They're going to decide to follow that preaching that I just delivered. Everybody decides. Very few people do. And I would challenge you today to be a doer, not a decider. In other words, follow through. God told you to pray about this. God told you to do that. God told you to give that. You've decided you're going to do it. Write the check, whatever it is. Whatever God told you, you're going to be a happier Christian, my friend. Yeah, some questions that you could ask yourself every day, and they are good ones, my friend. You want to be happy for the rest of your life? Follow the infallible teachings of the Word of God. We shared over a couple of programs, Psalm 1. You want to be happy? You be that man. You be that woman, as God so directs. It happened December 31st, 1973, the greatest day of my life when God set me free. I really no more in bondage of the ways of the world, and those sins came off like rats jumping off a ship. I got victory, my favorite song, by the way, victory in Jesus. And here we are all these decades later. Got to tell you, my Christian friend, not only is it still working, it's as good as it's ever been. And my prayer for you is exactly the same, that whatever's going on in your world, you'll be able to say, hey, it's better than it's ever been. One of the deacons of my church used to talk to him all the time, and I would always ask him, how are you doing? Better than I should would be his answer. And then oftentimes followed up, if it gets any better, I would be in heaven. What a fantastic comeback, my friend. My prayer is, yet today, you can say the very same thing. Get your copy of Greg Patton's message, What's Important Now, by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order it online, swrc.com. I want to make sure you know about the brand new email newsletters that are going out to thousands of inboxes every week with the latest information on current events in Bible prophecy and special video messages from our speakers. Get these email newsletters free of charge and stay informed. Sign up at swrc.com or call 1-800-652-1144. Let's join staff evangelist James Collins and Michael Smith as they look at Samson's riddle found in Judges chapter 14, verse 14. The Bible says in Judges 14, 14, And he said unto them, Out of the eater came forth meat, and out of the strong came forth sweetness, and they could not in three days expound the riddle. The speaker here is Samson. This verse is known as Samson's riddle. 
With me here in the studio is prophecy researcher and Bible teacher Michael Samuel Smith. He has produced a great teaching DVD titled The Samson Paradox. Brother Mike, in Judges chapter 14, the Philistines answer Samson's riddle one way, but there are actually two answers to the riddle. Would you please give us a little background on the story and share the answers to Samson's riddle? Wow, that's a great question, and I'll be happy to answer that. Well, to start, Samson represents spiritual Israel, past, present, and future. And I wanted to tell the listeners a lot of things that we're going to be discussing here you've never heard before. I do believe these are things from the Holy Spirit concerning prophecy behind the story. And by the way, I've never heard an answer to the riddle in a church service or a Sunday school class, and we will expound upon that as well. The Philistines are a type of the world. The riddle is revealed to the Gentiles who expound the answer by the end of the seventh-day wedding feast to Samson, who represents Israel prophetically. Just as you Gentile believers have shared Christ and his plan of salvation to the Jews for over 2,000 years, the Gentile wife whom Samson marries is not named. She represents the Gentile church who will also be taken out by virtue of the rapture. Earlier, Samson's wife will be given away to his companion whom he has used. The companion is never named. I believe that the companion represents the Holy Spirit who has a connection with the church after Jesus goes back to heaven. Just as Samson had used his companion, Israel has used the Holy Spirit but denied the power thereof at times. The young lion who confronts Samson in the vineyard and had honey in its carcass later is none other than the lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus the Messiah, prophetically speaking. And just as the lion ended up as roadkill on the side of the road, Jesus was torn and left to die too. The jawbone that Samson used to kill a thousand Philistines represents the prophetic spoken word of God, but a donkey always represents prophecy. But the new jawbone represents the New Testament verse, an old jawbone would have been the Old Testament. Several skirmishes Samson had with the Philistines are types and shadows of some of Israel's military campaigns, to and including Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39 in our future. The water that comes out of the jawbone that satisfies Samson's thirst represents the Holy Spirit and the abundant life he brings us. Another reason Samson is like Israel is because he was blinded, just as those who deny Christ have scales over their eyes. Romans chapter 11, verse 25 tells us that Israel was blinded in part because of their unbelief in Christ. I might add, there are some Christians who are partially blinded too because they do not recognize their Jewish brothers and sisters. And just as Samson never got it right till the last day of his life, Israel doesn't get it right until the return of Christ, and their prayer is... Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. And all of the enemies of Israel will be destroyed at Armageddon on the day of the Lord. That is the type and shadow of Samson's last day. And just as Samson was going around and went round and round, crushing grain in the storehouse after he was captured, Israel was going round and round for 40 years, making their way to the promised land. 
And just as the Philistines controlled the Jews for 40 years, Judges chapter 13, verse 1, and just as Samson had gone a-whoring, Israel at times in their ancient history had gone a-whoring as they worshipped other gods, just as we were in sin before Christ. But the big picture in the story of Samson is the riddle. The riddle stated, out of the eater came forth meat and out of the strong sweetness. Judges 14, 14. But it was Samson who came forth with the meat because he ate the honey out of the carcass. And out of the strong sweetness, Israel is strong because of the sweetness of Christ. The immediate answer to the riddle in Judges 14, 18 is, what is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than a lion? What is sweeter than honey? Answer, the word of God, Jesus Christ, Messiah, King of Israel. What is stronger than a lion? Answer, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Notice the immediate answer to the riddle is in the form of a question, but this is not the ultimate answer. The ultimate answer is not in the Old Testament. It's found only in the New Testament. The answer is found in the last food that Jesus ate, and it's not at the Last Supper. It's 40 days after Jesus' resurrection. The answer is found in Luke chapter 24, verse 42 in the King James Bible. And I'm quoting the King James Bible because you'll find that in several other versions, either A, they don't have both of the foods listed, or B, they only have one of the two foods listed, but the answer is there are two foods that Jesus eats in Luke chapter 24, verse 42, broiled fish and honeycomb. So when Jesus connects with the honey, he fulfills the riddle of Samson. So Jesus is the ultimate answer to Samson's riddle. Praise God. Wow. Great teaching, Brother Mike. We've been speaking with prophecy researcher and Bible teacher Michael Samuel Smith, and we've been talking about his DVD called The Samson Paradox, which is available now by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. It's also available by going to the website swrc.com. That is swrc.com. This is James Collins reminding you that the Bible says the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. In the Resource Center today, we're offering Michael Samuel Smith's DVD, The Samson Paradox. On the surface, the story of Samson deals with Israel's partial deliverance. Is it possible that there's another dimension just waiting to be revealed in the Samson story? Michael Smith believes there is. The story of Samson is packed with many golden nuggets just waiting to be found. Not only can we see a Gentile bride rapture and tribulation in this story, but the Holy Spirit has a connection too. But the biggest nugget of all is the ultimate answer to Samson's riddle. It is one of the greatest mysteries in the Bible, and it's not found in the Old Testament. In this blockbuster DVD, you'll learn the meaning of the jawbone of a donkey, a lion in the vineyard, and who Samson represents. The Samson Paradox DVD is normally available for a gift of $20 or more, but for today only, this important DVD is available for a gift of $15 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. 
Get your copy of the Samson Paradox DVD today online at swrc.com. That's swrc.com. We rely on you, your prayers, and your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please prayerfully consider giving a gift today? Call 1-800-652-1144 and show your support for Christian Radio. And say no to cancel culture by giving securely online, swrc.com. Thank you. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Please visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com.